Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning and welcome to the Lock in Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for March 7th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or via podcast or some other venue, please come on over to our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, InYourSuccess.com. Get your free report, The Seven Secrets to Become a Successful Trader. Also, stay informed by joining our mailing list and uh, consider joining our community and getting connected with over 300 talented traders uh, there. So, uh, and of course, if you want to up your up your game a little bit, we have our community coaching and our uh, in, in the enriching sessions, so feel free to partake in those. And while you're there, check out our other training pro- training programs. We have uh, the Masterclass series. We have Super Simple Spread Trades. We have the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and APM Squared. If you go to our website, then uh, we have descriptions there. In this update, we cover four of the, tra- the uh, income trades from our various systems. We have the bearish butterfly trade, the M3, the rock, and the V condor, and we've been trading, trading or, or demonstrating these for quite a few years now, and we have lots of past sessions on our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com. Our announcements, the successful options trader of the month is uh, Cindy Sarver for this month. We are going to be speaking with her on Friday, March 25th with our premium and premium plus members at 1 p.m. Eastern daytime. So that's going to be exciting. We encourage you to join us for that. Uh, for an enriching session for our community coaching or, or in our premium plus members, we're going to be discussing a trader's journey, what are you afraid of? Uh, myself and Raymond Joseph, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about uh, fear and anxiety for the developing trader, especially in the current market and the way things are going. We're going to talk a little, about, you know, a little bit, maybe a little about trading systems, um, you know, when to modify your trading, stuff like that. Lots of good stuff there. So, uh, again, that's going to be a, a great session there. We uh, also, this week, our own Dave Thomas is going to be on Options Drive. On Tuesday, um, this Tuesday, that's uh, tomorrow, I believe it's at 5 o'clock. I'll have to check the options drive schedule for that uh, Eastern time. 
Sorry, John. Um, that's actually at 4.30 Eastern. Is it, is it 4.30? Okay. I'll have to check with 4:30 that. 4.30 Eastern, yeah. But, yeah. Um, okay. So uh, that's going to be this Tuesday at 4.30. We have the, for those of you who are partook uh, in uh, the M21 promotion with SMB over the last month, then we're having those sessions starting on 3.10.16. And I didn't put a time down for that, but I believe that's like 4.30 in the afternoon as well. And, uh, and then that's on a Thursday. And then the following week on Options Drive on Tuesday, I'm going to be there on 3.15. So lots of things coming up with that. And of course, we are still taking people for the Trading Triangle Live in Hawaii. And if that's something you are interested in, we encourage you to come because it's going to be a really great time. So that's what we have going on thus far. So let's uh, take a look at what's going on in the markets. And um, you know, before we do, we'll, we'll, uh, well actually, let's, let's just take a look at this for now. So uh, last week, we were at 1044. I mean, we were at, when, when the market was back at 950, we were saying, well, a very weak bounce at this point would be 1025. We had a two or three day stall at 1025. The market kept going. Um, the following week, markets, well, from there we were saying, well, a, a normal bounce would be to 1040. The following week, we go to 1040. We stall there for one day. Uh, and that's where we sat last week. And I thought that there was a reasonably large, uh, reasonably good possibility. I was actually short-term bearish. The market was going to stall there. One thing you'll notice about people who are directional traders or chartists, they change their mind on a dime. Um, and the reason is, is because we set up certain if-then scenarios. Um, realistically, 1040, I think, was a reasonable point to expect the market to reverse, uh, especially in the type of weak market that we had. But at the same time, I was also saying that if we watch the SPX, a breakout in the SPX would change that. And we got that breakout on Tuesday. Um, last week, I said that would have changed my mind, and that did. In the event we had a breakout in the SPX, we're thinking the market would go to at least 1075, or more specifically, come and test the bottom of these uh, candles here, which is basically what it did. So once we broke out on Tuesday, the rest of the week really wasn't much of a surprise, or it shouldn't have been much of a surprise to you, all the way to 1075, and realistically all the way to 1080 um, is really expected in that particular environment. Now, that is a little bit stronger than what I expected, and now that we're here, um, the market generally should roll over at any point now. It could be a start today. The futures are down today. Uh, it could also push up into the, the 1115 area because our more um, prevalent resistance area is up here at around 1115. Uh, to help us with this, we often go to the other indices to see what they're doing. The SPX, with the breakout of the SPX, we were expecting a move to right around here, right around 2000. Um, which happened, if we look at the Dow, we were expecting a move into here. That has actually been exceeded. A little bit concerning there. And notice the NDX had the move on Tuesday, and it stalled. I thought that was interesting. Right? We got a move right up to a primary resistance area, and 
we get a uh, and we get a stall. So that's kind of interesting there. So from this point, I would say, as long as the NDX doesn't break out, we're probably going to roll over very, uh, maybe possibly today, but um, definitely in the next, definitely at some point this week, we should roll back down over. Uh, there is a slight possibility we come up to 1115. Uh, if that's the case, we are, I am, I mean, I'm pretty bearish right now uh, on the markets. And I was a little bit bearish here. I'm very bearish here. Uh, we go to 1115. Um, I'm extremely bearish. I put on a lot of bearish positions live on Friday. Because, uh, like I said, we might run up to 1115, but the market goes a little against you. But that's just, like I said, that's just part of trading. Uh, the probability of us, roll, of us coming back down in the next uh, week or two weeks or th certainly three weeks, if you give yourself enough expiration time, uh, is very, very good. So I really like that. Just a note here, there was a massive amount of S&P call options to cover from uh, 1950 to 1980. One other reason for that upside crash. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, um, there are technical reasons for the upside crash. Now, this market, this move was a, was a very large move. I think we've been talking. It's not uncommon when the market comes down hard to have these explosive up moves in the market, which is why... Um, you know, if you're a trader that trades the same data expiration every single month and you pay no attention to technical, technical analysis, that's fine. Um, and again, long term, that can be very profitable. If you are one who pays attention to these things, generally I'm a little hesitant to be too bearish after we have a really hard down move into a support point. This is very common, double pattern, double bottom pattern. And again, we were due for a, for a large up move. So this up move is bigger than I thought, but it's no surprise. It can be quite challenging for traders who do the same thing every single month, uh, month after month. And I think, let's see, bearish butterfly, right? The um, bearish butterfly for March, the bearish butterfly for April, if you entered on days to expiration, this move was just a little bit too large for a bearish trade. It, it, it realistically, if you go back and you look at the historic moves in the Russell, about 160 points is all it ever moves in the time frame that we've had. And we are not that far from 160, we're at 140. So this is definitely one of the larger moves that we had. It's an up move, even though volatility was high, uh, and we can withstand a fairly large up move with the bearish butterfly. We can't. We can. Well, you you might be able. You can withstand this kind of move with some range extension techniques. But um, standard rules, guidelines, bearish butterfly generally don't take a loss in this environment. Now, when we start talking about your system, whether it be a bearish butterfly or an M3 or whatever, you. And we'll, we'll talk more about this when we talk with Raymond uh, Joseph on our enriching session, probably. But um, you, you always need to, as a trader, you always need to be aware of your system and how it's working um, and whether what's happening is a fundamental change in the market where my system isn't going to work anymore or if it's something that's relatively normal or just a cycle that the market's going through where my system doesn't happen to perform very well. There's a huge, huge difference 
between those things. And um, one of the things we need to do is, and if, you, if you've back-tested your system properly, and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a condor or calendars or diagonals or a bearish butterfly or whatever. You need to, if, if you've gone back and back-tested, you say, well, is this unusual? Right, because we know through the history of backtesting that long-term our systems are very profitable, but you also need to realize that during those backtesting times, that those systems have, if you, if you do the, if you're the type of person who does the same thing every single month, those systems have periods of drawdown or periods of hard time. And when we go back and we backtest the bearish butterfly, have we ever lost uh, two months in a row? And was that a, a, a was that necessarily a problem, or was that a um, just a in other words, you know, you never like to lose two months in a row. But <clears throat> is it a fundamental change in the marketplace where you're going to have to change your style of trading, or maybe you should change your style of trading, or is it something that just happens once in a while? And if we go back and back test that historically, whether it be the bearish butterfly, the M3. The, um, or one of the super simple spread trades or, or whatever, you'll find that there are periods of time. You know, 2013, for example, we had um, some harsh times with uh, bearish butterfly trades. Um, other very big uptrending markets, we've had some issues with bearish butterfly trades. That's fairly normal. So the fact that we have two months back on back that may have, uh, may have taken a loss, it's nothing that's terribly unusual. If you're position size properly and you have the right long-term outlook, then you should be fine. Now, I'm going to give you, you know, just an example. On the trade desk uh, with SMB, most of us trade M3 type of trades, uh, you know, whether it be, um, uh, you know, regular M3 or something slightly modified to the trader, you know, like maybe a Rhino trade or something like that. A lot of us trade M3s. Well, January and February coming in, every one of us took a loss in one of those months, a significant loss. Um, I wasn't maximum. I was like, I think January, I was like minus 7% or something. Perfectly reasonable for the system, but it was either January or February somebody took a loss, and that spooked the trade desk a little bit. Um, now, we know long-term, the M3 trade is a viable trade because we've gone back and back tested it, but we also know this period of time when you're going to lose. You're going to lose once in a while, right? Uh, maybe it's one month, maybe it's two. There's there's been particular times if you've back tested the strategy long enough, you've may have maybe not made gains for three months. Generally, three losses would be very very unusual on an M3, but um, certainly a period of times when the gains aren't that good, or when you've gotten a drawdown. So that's fairly normal. A good professional long-term trader is just going to take this information and he's just going to say, is this normal within my system? If you go back and back traders say, yes, it's normal. There's no reason to do a system change. It's just that we're, we're, we're uh, experiencing a temporary market conditions where it's not optimal for the trade. So that's the way that I look at it. Well, the trading desk not having experience, not back testing, do, did what a lot of new traders do. They say, oh my goodness, um, we think the market's changed, and now we want to add everybody into bearish butterflies. And they did this when the market is down at 950. 
not the wisest move. Generally, if you're going to go into a bearish butterfly type strategy, or if you're going to change your trading into a bearish butterfly type strategy, you want to change the trading when the market's up a lot. You wanted to change that, you know, at the end of 2013, you wanted to push into bearish butterfly trading. At the, um, the uh, you know, in mid-2014, when the market's up, you wanted to go into bearish butterfly trading. Earlier in the year, you wanted to be into bearish butterfly trading. Now that the market's down, generally, um, the trade does well, but you have to be a little more careful with it because we have these really huge rallies. But what they, what they did is they changed into a bearish butterfly type strategy when the market was down. Realistically, when the market's down like this, you want to change more into a bullish strategy because the market longer term is more likely to go up. So, um, but anyway, they went into bearish butterflies for uh, when the market's down at 950 and you know if you've traded it how that actually worked out, right? Didn't work out so well for them. So, you know, so that being the case, you know, what I'm saying is if you're always following somebody else and you're always doing what happens to be working right now, you're always behind the curve, right? And this happens to a lot of new traders. They'll come in and the market will be um, going up a lot. And they'll say, I want to jump out of this, this trade because it's not doing well and I'm going to do something that is going to take care of what the market's doing right now. And, of course, they have the history for it now, right? Because the last three months, we did wonderful because, you know, we happened to have, a, we happened to, you know, <laughs> have this trade that back-tested good for the last three months because, well, it fits the market. And then you go in and you start trading that strategy, and then the market goes back to normal, and then that strategy loses. And then they, the following month, they come out with the next strategy that worked good for the last three months. And by then, the market changes, and then it goes down, right? One of the things you got to remember about these trades is we've been doing these trades since 2008, pretty much. Um, and we know they have periods of time when they do well. They have periods of time when they do not so well. But long-term, very consistent, very good long-term. So I'm just emphasizing the importance of staying with your strategy if it's been good for you, particularly uh, long-term, through these rough patches because the timing does come back in when your strategy is more in favor again and by constantly switching strategies you know like I said some people lost a M3 and which was probably the biggest loss in M3 you've had in many years right and by the biggest loss I mean still within parameters but that trade hits maximum loss so seldom um, so it may have been one of the larger magnitude losses so they switch well I'm going into a bearish butterfly now well the time to be in a bearish butterfly was before if you're a bearish butterfly trader, right? Not necessarily now. So just, just keep that in mind and stop and, and make sure you're not constantly being behind the curve. You know, just stop thinking short term. Start thinking long term. Long term, how well does a strategy do? It's very important. Um, okay. So it goes to show you how important good trade location can be for bearish butterflies. Yeah. Yeah, they can be uh, very, very like I said, long-term bearish butterfly is a great strategy. If you take, if you took a 30% loss in March on a bearish butterfly and a 30% loss in April, and you go back 12 months, see how that strategy performed. Um, we're still positive. I mean, we're still like 40% positive for the last 12 months section. Um, you know, taking the two hardest hits in a row. That's 
long-term, that's not an issue. Now, if we start doing this repeatedly, then we might say, well, now we have some sort of fundamental market change. We need to time a little bit more. But, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think April entry was a bad entry for a bearish butterfly. I think it was perfectly fine. And if you did an M9 type of trade or if you did any kind of market extension, you should have been able to survive the move. I actually entered a bearish butterfly mandatory on a trade desk when the market was at 945. I'm still in that trade. Um, we did range extension techniques because I'm thinking, you know, right off the bat, I'm thinking the market's going to, to a 1040. Um, that's 100 points, right? Uh, I know that's going to be a hard trade, so right off, right off the bat, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to extend the range of this thing. The fact that it went to 1080, what, 1085, 1086, which is 140-something points uh, off the bottom is, um, I mean, the trade's going to be hurting like hell, and it's probably not going to be a winning trade, but I, I was able to, to hold it. So you can certainly you know, incorporate something like that into your trading if you're just a bearish butterfly trader. But um, anyway, um, enough of that. We have to kind of get rolling here. Let's look at some questions. So with the market down and others at the trade desk squishing the bearish butterfly, did you stay with your M3 and your funded accounts? Okay, so um, while, while I did a bearish butterfly on the trade desk, I also did an M3 on the trade desk. The M3 at, at pretty much the same time with this large move is down a little bit, like 3 or 3.5% three or something. So um, not bad considering 100 40-point moves since you put the trade on. So that's good. Yeah, again, you have to remember, these are market-neutral trades. They're supposed to be neutral, and the market is not neutral right now. I mean, you have, have large things. Um, with my other accounts, yeah, I, 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 I was not in any bearish butterflies um, on this run uh, with my live accounts. I was in um, some M3 trades. I'm now... I was also in some super simple spread trades, bull versus bear trades, which are right now stressed to the upside, uh, but not. But they survived the move, and I was in for the whole move, all the way down to 9.45, all the way up to 10.85. Um, and yeah, the trades are stressed a little bit, but they're probably going to be profitable. We'll see. If the market keeps going, I may have taken a loss on them, but um, they should be able to hold it to 11.15. I'm out of that, but I am in the bearish trades now. Right now, the market's been up a lot. I am into some bearish trades now. Do I discuss range extensions and APM squared? No, a, a, range extensions and market and, um, uh, well, I probably discuss it a little bit in APM squared, but uh, that's primarily M21 uh, program when we talk about marketing and um, how to extend. Well, I talk about trade range extensions on uh, the market. In other words, how to predict where the, not predict, but um, see where the market's not likely to go when it's not likely to go any higher. In M21, of course, we do a lot of that. As far as extending the range of uh, a bearish butterfly trade, again, you would be looking at an M21 type of a trade scenario where if you want to extend the range, you can do that. Uh, we may have talked a little bit about that in APM squared. I, I have to review the program, but it wasn't an emphasis on that. I know um, in M21, we build our own trades, so we could have built a trade around what we thought was going to happen here. Um, all right, so let me see what else we have here. I think that's about it. 
Um, where do I find information on what? Uh, on the range extension, I am I'm assuming you mean how to extend the range of a bearish butterfly trade. And that's a combination of, I mean, in short, it's a combination, and I'm sure I've said it in, in coaching sessions and stuff like that, but um, uh, I don't remember specifically. Like I said, there, there's probably some stuff in the in the M21 program about doing that, and um, APM Square programs is fantastic, but it's mainly focused around the M3 trade. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I talked about, oh, in the bearish butterfly course. So Dale's telling me I talked about bearish butterfly range extension techniques in the bearish butterfly bonus course number two. So if you have a bearish butterfly program, there are some range extension techniques there. It, there may be more, um, and Rick's telling me that too, right? So again, there, there's more about M21. You're just going to build a trade around whatever you think the market's going to do. So um, that may include bearish butterfly range extensions also. Uh, okay, great. So, you know, that's just talking about the market a little bit. I realize that, um, you know, we've had a tough couple of months here. The beginning of the year it has been challenging, and it's a little bit disappointing in the beginning of the year. It's a little bit unusual, uh, but it's not unprecedented, right? We go through these periods of time. There are things you can do about it, but the thing is you need to decide what type of trader you are you. Are you somebody who's going to pay attention to market conditions um, and adapt to that? on a regular basis, or, or are you a trader who just does the same thing every month and you ride them out, um, that type of stuff. And you know, there's, there's a lot to say about that. So anyway, let's get, uh, so with the markets, I am bearish, um, short term, uh, so again, sideways, longer term. I think I do think we're going to stay in a fairly wide sideways range. That's the way I've been thinking now. Even though we've topped the 1075, I call 1081, 1080 the same area. Um, you know, maybe that range is going to be a little bit wider than we thought, but I still am thinking sideways range for now. So, which is going to be good for us uh, in the longer term and um, going forward. So, let's go into what we have for actual trades. And you know what? I didn't even open option view, so let me do that for you guys really, really quickly. When you say sideways, are you thinking about one to two standard deviations? No, we're probably going to hold. Um, I don't pay attention to standard deviations. I don't, I don't think that that's particularly valuable information. It's just, um, you know, it's calculated on, in other words, a standard deviation. We exceed standard deviations in the market all the time. Um, so I, I don't particularly pay a lot of attention to that. But um, probably stay in the range where for about where we are now to wherever you top out to 1040 for the short term. And we'll probably occasionally back, bounce back down to the 950 area. So just a very, very wide sideways uh, range is what we're in here. Uh, let's see. Let's start here at our, oh my, yeah, just repeat my range forecast. I mean, the, we're going to have a minimum range of from 1035 to, to between 1035, 1040 to where we are now. That'll be the smallest range I would expect. I mean, we may come all the way back down to the 950, which is a huge range, but that that's what the market's doing. So um, it is what it is. So let's do a uh, March uh, M3. This is what our March M3 looked like on the end of the day on the 29th. Looks like, no, no, I'm sorry, I don't want M3. I want our March bearish butterfly. If 
I can hit that number, I will. There we go. So here's here's where we are. Now keep in mind, I have a lot of bearish butterfly traders that just exit 21 days to expiration, and that's a that's a that's a profitable strategy that way. As a matter of fact, if you do the SSS bear trade, we exit 21 days to expiration. Uh, we don't get into this uh, nonsense that we're going to be getting into uh, with this trade here. But on Monday, we were positioned in two thirds with uh, 990 and 1010. Another thing I'll often do with a bearish butterfly trade, I have this general three strikes in your out rule, which is not in the program, but I think I've talked about this a lot either on Monday mornings or, um, or in coaching. I certainly talk about it in coaching sessions, where basically if I take a bearish butterfly, I have to adjust up, I have to adjust down, and I have to adjust up again. I exit the trade. So um, in other words, the market is just showing us the market range is just a little bit more than what the trade is basically designed to handle. So with this trade here, we adjusted up. We had to backwards adjust down, and then we had to adjust up again. So technically, the, a lot of times live trading, the day I had to adjust back up, I would have been out of this. Um, also, a 21-day expiration trader would have been out of this for a small gain. If you're going to stay in and you're going to do expiration guidelines, then um, we're just going to follow it through with expiration guidelines. So here, I'm under 21 days to expiration. I want to get my delta back down to about minus 250. So in order to do that, I'm going to have to take here and add my 1030s, roll my 990s to 1050, and sell two 1010s. So if you come back in here, you jump all the way up to 1050, uh, 1030, and I pulled out a sum of these. Uh, 10 tens to get myself into around minus 250 delta, right? And I would have been in a position like this on that particular trade. On the following day, let's see, Tuesday, right, we would have sold. So we're here. We're back over our maximum delta number. We would have had to sell out the rest of these 10 tens to get back down to my around minus 250 number and also sell and I guess also buy six of these 1070s right and that's going to bring us down into this number here so still not a bad deal which is why I was not overly concerned about being in this trade because um, I thought the market was going to top out around 1040 but we've gone all the way to 10.50 now, right? Now the market's probably going to go higher. But anyway, this is where Tuesday ends up. Wednesday, we are over our maximum delta number again. We buy more of these 10.50s, and I believe, I'm sorry, let me back out of here. We buy more of these 10.70s. We sell the 1040s. We, and we, I mean, sorry, uh, we buy the 1070s, the rest of the 1070s, and we start selling out of the 1030s. So now we only have three 1030s. We have 10 1050s. We have 10 1070s. Still not doing very badly, right? This is a very uh, large move, and we're still doing okay. Thursday, right, this is interesting we had a so let me 
do this. We had a drawdown of much more than what we should have had. So um, notice, uh, shorter term, you know, we're, 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 we're taking this move, we're drawing down a relatively small amount, we're staying in. This is a much bigger than normal drawdown for the size of the move that we had, which is basically a concern. And we talk more about coaching what that means, but it's, uh, like I said, we're, getting, we're running late here, so I actually have to move on. Um, so what we do is we sell out of these 1030s, we buy some 1090s, we come into Friday, right, and of course we get another five points here. Again, we have, um, so no move here, so pre previous to adjustments, and we are making some intraday adjustments here on into expiration, we generally do that, right? So this is going to give us um, a drawdown of in the 11,000 range, again, we're way over our maximum delta. So we come in here, and what we would do is, you know, get rid of these butterflies at 10:30, get rid of some of the butterflies at 10:50, uh, add in the 10:90s, come back to around minus 250, and then the day like this, right? And that's what we would be in bearish butterfly if we did it by expiration guidelines, and we were on top of things. That being said. Um, I know a lot of people, either they didn't stay up with the guidelines, or maybe they had execution issues, or um, or whatever, and they lost this trade. So I'm going to call this trade a loss. I'm going to close this out uh, as of end of day Friday, on a uh, and we're going to post it as a loss in the in the results. I, I, I think that some people would have been able to stay with it. Uh, I think some people would have launched out a little bit earlier. I think some people probably would have maybe been a little slow, not followed guidelines, or maybe had execution issues, and maybe uh, pulled in or gone drawn, drawn down enough to a loss. So what we'll do is we'll, is we'll uh, yeah, there is some difference in, in live execution sometimes. Yeah, sometimes your live execution is better. Sometimes your live execution is worse. This type of environment, it tends to be worse. So what I'll do is I'll close this out um, today um, at whatever the, the gain or loss is and um, this morning, and, and we're just going to take that as a loss. That's what we're going to do there. Because uh, I, I want to be as representative as possible with everything. Like I said, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything here. So here, March M3, this is the type of position we're in. Generally, with a an M3 trade, you are going to if you're if you're aggressive with it, you can make money when the market's up. Of course, you put a take on a little bit of downside risk doing that. If you're um, aggressive neutral with it, then you generally break even. If you're uh, slow, right, in the, in this type of ground, you would have drawn down some. But that's trading that. This here, no adjustments on. Uh, Monday, there's no need for it. On Tuesday, right, we did, if we take this off, we are over maximum delta, we're positive vega. So just seven, uh, 1100 10 10s. I just go into here, this corrects our delta, puts a slightly negative vega. Generally, I tend to avoid rolling these unless I have to. Of course, we had to uh, coming into Wednesday. We ended up rolling this trade to, if you look, without any marks from the 10 
uh, from the 990 area, we roll it up to uh, 1020, add 5, 1020, 1040 verticals, 5, 1020, 1050 verticals. We come in at about minus 50 delta at the edge of the tent, which is fine. Keep our theta in beta. Um, yeah, Gamma was very positive with, uh, with this here, right? Very, very positive here. Uh, so let's put this back in. I don't know why that popped up. I might have some numbers. So that's where, um, that's where we stand with that. And going into Thursday, again, just relentless, relentless up move here. Um, coming into Thursday, we're up again. We had to add some more um, 1040, 1050 verticals. Getting drawn down a little bit now. Again, the pricing crush that you saw in the bearish butterfly is also affecting the M3 trade. And again, this is more of an options uh, pricing um, change than anything else. Because normally we're not going to necessarily draw down from this. And then we get another five points on Friday. But I don't believe there are any adjustments on Friday here. No. Um, nothing on Friday. So this is where we sit as of Friday. Of course, if the market does not come down, we will be adding or making a, probably a roll-up here uh, today. So here is that trade there. I'm just quickly list the T log here. Very challenging month with a lot of up moves. Uh, even the March V Condor got something on Friday. So a March V Condor is not minus thirty-four dollars. Um, we're dropping options and option view because we're so far away from our put strikes. Let me come back to Friday and roll this forward. You also see, see the pricing crush in the V Condor. Um, we're up about four thousand dollars here, and looking like this, right? No adjustments in the trade thus far. So nice looking trade here, and then Friday, uh, when we push forward, we actually had to take out some of these because our delta is just too high. So in this trade here, we buy back some of these 110s. Not that I necessarily think that was a good idea because I'm so bearish on the market, I probably would have this, held this particular thing live and risked it. But anyway, we, uh, we bought back some of these 1010s. And now we're sitting in this position here. So here is where we sit on the V trade. If the market comes down enough, um, yeah, we may end up having to make some adjustments there. But that's uh, that's where we sit there. This trade's going well so far. Uh, as far as our April trades, I'm just going to push through these relatively quickly because we're running short on time. Uh, April bearish butterfly. Uh, it's going to take the longest one to review here. This is a, this is a point where the market, it just went up and it blew the trade out. If you entered a little bit late, which is, um, you know, I thought, um, I didn't think, the, like I said, I didn't think the entry was necessarily bad here on April Bearish Butterfly. The market was up a bit. We're in a bearish uh, thing in the market. It was bad where I entered at 9.45, but up at 9.80, it wasn't that bad of an entry. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid of that entry. Just so happened the market blew off. Would I have done this entry with 
um, given the market conditions with March on? The answer is probably no. I probably wouldn't have um, entered with March because that puts me at too much of a risk of having a double max loss like I had now uh, or, a double, or a double loss. So a lot of times I won't do that and, and I'll delay entry from a general trader standpoint if I'm still in March, particularly if March is negative delta or if I'm fighting March to the upside. Generally, I'll avoid going into April. Uh, I'm, uh, so, you know, just as a as a as a hint here on on how to maybe manage your portfolio a little better. Um, anyway, this is here. In other words, March was battling. March was late in expiration. It was near neutral delta or negative delta, and um, I'm in. And I'm going into April and putting on negative delta. There's another situation where maybe March is completely right because remember March was not um, to, uh, to this point was not overextended, overextended to the upside. In other words, we, we were never fully scaled into March and then rolled or something like that. If if the month had been like April is this month, and I'm still in the April bearish butterfly trade, I'd be very comfortable going into May because the market's so overextended to the upside. But if I'm um, if I'm in March and I'm up money on a negative delta, but I'm kind of in the middle of the position and the market isn't really overextended from a short-term standpoint, and it's not, uh, and it's actually down from a little bit longer-term standpoint, then I'm very reluctant to go into the following month. Uh, May is different. May is different because because uh, we have something different going on. But anyway, those are just comments. Here's where we stood in our April trade. Looks perfectly fine. If you remember, we were running delta theta issues uh, with the trade. So we were going to do, uh, I believe, a roll in ad. And I also, not only did I, we do a roll in ad, but we also did another roll because uh, we actually hit a, another ad point. So at 980, we have ad points at um, 1020. We have an ad point at 1040. We have a roll point at 1050, 1060, and 1070. Right. Of course, we're not going to be able to do all those rolls because we have other rules that prevent us from doing that. But if we come in here and we go to Tuesday, we hit a delta theta roll, we hit a price point roll, we hit an add point. So we had three things at the same time, add point, price point roll, uh, and, um, uh, and a delta theta roll. So we ended up at uh, 1020, 1040, 1060 into something like that. Which again, at this level, I still like this trade. I'm still liking this trade at this point. Following day, I'm not liking it so much. Uh, let's see. The market went up. We hit another uh, roll point here uh, over 1060. So uh, we do this. At this point, I no longer like the trade. Right? Market's overextended to the upside. I'm neutral delta. I'm drawing down 7,500. I I no longer like this trade anymore. I liked it until this point. This is um, at this point I'm kind of in. The market has to cooperate. Uh, did not, right? So Thursday, right? Our market shoots up. Uh, uh, let's see. Market came up, but we didn't have any ad points. We didn't hit anything. So everything is fine here, except of course our drawdown is getting near our loss number. Friday took this trade out, right? So Friday, by the time we were in today, Friday, we we're looking at something like this. If I'm down 14.9, I'm 
I can't make any adjustments. I'm down too far. My 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 options here, in other words, the 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 risk in making the adjustment and being completely at my maximum loss number and having risk from both way directions in a market movement is not a good situation to put yourself in. So um, at this point, you either hold, you exit, or whatever. Um, I just exited, right? So I'm just going to, uh, I just exited the trade, pulled it off at the loss number there. So that's what I have. Do I account for, uh, do I account for possible 15 to 20 point gap up in a preemptively and preemptively adjust? Not usually in a bearish butterfly um, I won't do that. You can do that. I mean, if you have an absolute max loss number, it's not a bad idea, especially if you have some sort of an announcement coming out. Um, usually what happens when you get, you could get blown out to the upside with, with these. I mean, take a, by that I mean take a bigger than expected loss. If you held this position here, and um, if you decided to hold this position here and go into the overnight, you know, you have to keep in mind that, hey, you know, we might gap up. You know, this would be very reasonable, 10, 10 to, to 10.90, right? We might gap up to here, and I might take an $18,000 loss, uh, or maybe even a little bit higher, right? And you, and as an individual trader, you have to decide that. Certainly on a big news event, um, I don't generally pay attention to the news, but if I have a big news event coming up where the market's been depressed a little bit because, um they're, wait, they're waiting on this decision, and then I would be concerned about that because the decision comes out the wrong way. I'm kind of kind of screwed there. Um, in a my type of trading, I run. I usually gain. I'll stay in these a little longer. I'll I'll fight them out. I'll usually I'll. It won't be uncommon to have 40, 50 percent gains. So I might have a position like this that has a 40 percent max loss. In which case, I wouldn't even be concerned at this point. But um, because this is a recoverable position in a bearish butterfly, actually. It's very recoverable, as is the March position. It's very recoverable. But um, I don't want new traders doing that. It's uh, too risky, particularly if they're trading too big a size. So we just say, you know what, get them out and max loss out. Isn't the risk as much down as up in the bearish butterfly right now? Yeah, 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 exactly. We, well, not right now, not here. But certainly if I, if I made a roll point here or something, my risk would be as much to the downside as to the upside. Basically what I, would, uh, what I like people to do is um, uh, try to be out of this trade as soon as possible when, um, when, you're, when you're under 21 days to expiration because of that. But yeah, if you roll up too much, we really have no choice in the market, right? If the market's coming up a lot, we have no choice but to roll up to stay with it in order to get our money back if the market stalls, and in order and in doing so, we start to take on too much downside risk. So that that is that is within the trade design um, with this particular trade. The M9 trade, we never do that. We never we never take on downside risk, um, but uh, but we do that here. Uh, okay. April trades. T log for April trades. April bearish butterfly. T log is here. So very simple. So we're going to call that a loss for the results. April M3 trade, and I have to do this very, very quickly, and I apologize for that, but we just kind of ran out of time. This is actually doing okay, right? So we have uh, this position here, really no adjustments at this point. 
looking like that. So that's a decent looking, that's actually a really nice looking M3 trade. Uh, gets a little messy as the market moves up, but. Right, so Tuesday, um, we have positive Vega, right, and our delta's too uh, high. I rolled up to 10.10. I reduced my contract size down, got into a favorable delta theta ratio, so into a position like this. Still a really nice looking M3 trade. Uh, no concerns there. Wednesday, let's see, do we have anything Wednesday? Uh, no, no, nothing on Wednesday. It's only, I think it was only two adjustments this week on this trade, so nothing, uh, nothing too big here. Uh, this year, we uh, had a delta problem, and we were more than 10 points over. I ended up rolling it. I probably, I could have fixed this with verticals also, uh, but I would have had to roll Friday, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, you would have been done with a roll either way, but, um, decided to roll this because it is within the guidelines over 10 points and Vega is relatively flat. So um, ended up rolling this to 10.30 into a position that looks like this. Actually increased my negative delta a little bit, which um, I, actually maybe I didn't increase it. Hold on. No, I didn't. I, de I, decreased, it. I decreased it down. Uh, came into a position like this. So still a healthy looking position here. And then Friday... Uh, there was nothing done here. So there we go. Um, looking good. Down a little bit. Again, this is a pricing issue on Friday. Uh, pricing got depressed. That tends to happen. Um, I'm going to talk about, too, on maybe the group coaching session this week uh, or maybe another webinar. Um, I want to talk about you could actually see it in the T plus zero line of a butterfly that the market was likely to go up like this. And I actually pointed it out earlier. And um, in pointing it out, I didn't actually internalize it. Right? I said, oh, wow, this is unusual. The peak of my T plus zero line is further forward than normal. And I didn't internalize that and say, oh, yeah, that means the market's probably going to go up. Um, very good indication of that. And that's what happened, uh, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, T log here. And then, last but not least, is the V condor. Here is the uh, V condor for um, for that. We end up on Friday again having to buy. Right, this is drawn down some. We ended up on Friday having to buy back. Oh no no no! I have to actually. Uh, I, I apologize. I'm running, out of I'm running out of time here. I actually have. Uh, I have another webinar coming up, so be really quick. What I did here on Friday, actually I did something on Thursday. So here is the uh, second, right? The second, yeah, okay. Our first adjustment to this trade on the second, I actually had to do, I was having a delta theta issue going on here. So that being the case, we actually roll a V condor. So very, very rare to roll a V condor. Um, I took it from its original strikes up to, I moved the straddle up to 1020. I brought my short strikes up to 900. Um, and I actually had to roll back the upper uh, part of this. So um, 
this is the position. I was just going to show you the T-log. Then on Friday, the market continuing to go up. I had to actually buy back some of these. Or maybe it was Thursday. I had to buy back some of these um, 10, 1130s. All right, I had to buy back two of those. Current position is looking like that. So this does not. This one does not look good. Right, this is probably going to take a small loss this month. Again, V Condor. This is not the environment for V Condor, and um, I think I've I said that repeatedly every week. So that is how that looks. Here's the T log for that. So you can go back and do that. And also, I forgot to even show you the rock position. I'll show you where we're, we are now, and we'll have to go over how we got here next week. Uh, so March rock trade is looking like this. We ended up converting this into a rock position on, um, you know, we did some M3 adjustments early in the week, and we converted this into a rock position on um, the third, and then we made some more adjustments on the fourth. And our current position looks like this. Right? Not particularly fond of the trade, but that's where we're looking at. We're a little overcapitalized. And uh, which we can do with capital reduction techniques, we can deal with that. But that's what the position looks like. So I have to roll on um, and get to our next webinar. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you next week. And if, remember, ask me about the rock trade, and if you ask me about um, some other stuff, other questions, we'll uh, we'll answer them then. So thanks, everyone. Have a great week.